Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. Sex is a bit like a secret society. Everyone's doing it. It's just that no one talks about it. Well, except, of course, me every Sunday night here on the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health. I am also author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. I'm a researcher, blogger, TEDx speaker, clinician, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, your body, and your relationship. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and no apologies. Just fearless, straight-up talk about sex. I guarantee it will be illuminating, enlightening, and fun. So please, stay with me. But first, put the kidlets to bed as listener discretion is advised. As I said, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. To the deadbeat dads, I'm talking to you. Get over yourself. Grow up and support your children. Now here's my bit of wisdom that I feel all fathers need to impart upon their children. No homophobia, no violence, no racism, no sexism, no misogynism. Yes to kindness, peace, equality, and love. It is true that children learn what they live. It's evident in the U.S. political election. You can see all those Republicans were raised by dyed-in-the-world Republicans, and the Democrats were also raised by uh, liberals from way back. So it's very difficult for children to go away from your beliefs and your values. So think about what you are teaching to your children. If you live in accordance with this mantra, we will have a better, safer, and more peaceful world. Hey, Matt, nice to have you back here on the program. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, great. fantastic. Um, it's, uh, I haven't seen you in a little bit, but I'm glad to have you back. So uh, we are going to be giving out some prizes tonight. So you'll be opening up the phone lines, I would imagine. They're ready to go. Oh, excellent. So people can call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you have any questions for me at all about relationships, love, sex, life, health, I'm happy to answer those for you. I'm going to be answering some of your emails tonight on the program. In addition to that, I am going to be talking about sex, of course. So remember, put the children to bed, grab your wine and your lover, perhaps, if you have one, and uh, lie back and enjoy the show. The show is two hours now, so it goes from 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, if you'd like to stay for the entire time, that's wonderful. It's always my pleasure to be here with you. I consider this an honor to be able to educate about the subject that I feel is really important. And and I, I feel this week I was actually at the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists of Canada meeting. It was held at the Western Bay Shore, and uh, it was a time to learn and to connect with colleagues that I've been working with for a number of years now. And uh, it was fantastic. But it's also interesting to hear about people's... Um, approaches to sex and health. And, and a, a man, a businessman, because there's often sponsors there, made a comment that uh, one area of women's health, which was vaginal health, was not life and death. Well, I corrected him on that, and I will share that story with you a little bit later on in the program. I do make a case for why vaginal health is vital to your relationship and your life. Also going to be talking about teens and sex. This is apparently the most boring generation when it comes to sex. I can't believe it. They're also not doing the other fun things that we all did as teenagers. 
Drinking, smoking, all of that, all that's down. Anyway, I didn't do any of that. You might have. Also going to be talking about sex in the age of Tinder. A side effect that might surprise you, Dr. Anjali Malhotra, a woman's health specialist, and my colleague, and happens to be a friend, joins me tonight at 9 p.m. As I said, I'm going to take all your questions uh, through email. I've gotten some doozies, of course. I'm just re- waiting to write my second book called Good and Bad. All your good questions, and then the bad ones are all like, seriously, you actually thought you could email me that question or make that statement? Anyway, I'm never offended. It's a good thing I have a good sense of humor, and I think you probably had a bad moment when you sent me some of those things. Nonetheless, I'll share some of those with you tonight. Sean Seal, my personal trainer and virtual trainer, is here in person tonight in the studio, and he's going to talk about why it is important to lift weights and build body muscle, as espe- especially as it relates to your sex life. So also, I told you a little bit about uh, some of the conversations that I had with some men who are in the women's health arena, not male physicians, but businessmen. So I want to share some of that. And I think if you're a man in the world of women's health, I think you need to make medications available to people, especially to the women. I think the women need to be number one in terms of your priority, not shareholders. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that, and I, I may rant. I may not. I'm not a big ranter, but occasionally I will rant about some things. Also, the HPV vaccine, the human papilloma vaccine, is 10 years old now. And although we've made many strides in obliterating cervical cancer rates in British Columbia and young women, we need to do more. Allegedly, we are discriminating against our boys. Boys need to be vaccinated against the HPV virus as well because they are at risk for some head and neck cancers. HPV is the most common sexually transmitted infection. Most everybody who's sexually active will get it at some point in their lifetime. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and about those anti-vaccine zealots. So we'll be discussing that. Also, some new plugs that want to be the apple of that industry. I'll give you more about that later. What could I possibly be talking about? Uh, I I did. Um, I also wanted to mention. Well, I was taught, and you probably were too. Never discuss religion, sex, or politics. So I failed on all three counts. And tonight we'll be talking a little bit about the U.S. election and how that relates to sexuality, sexism, and violence. And how I am really upset about something in particular, something that really struck a chord with me. As you may or may not know, I'm a dual citizen. I have U.S. citizenship and Canadian. I'm proud of both. But I do pay particular attention to the U.S. politics, and I'm simply disgusted by some of the sexist and vulgar rhetoric that is going on down there. Let me say this first. There is nothing wrong with the Constitution for the American forefathers set it up so that anybody could realize the dream of becoming president of the United States of America. That's right, anybody. Black, white, yellow, female, transgender, anybody can live that dream. But the kind of misogynistic sayings that are that are lit, written on T-shirts in this election is something that would make those who drafted the United States Constitution, which is the supreme law of the United States of America, roll over in their graves. I hate to think what James Madison and Thomas Jefferson would think of what was going on at some of the rallies, in particular Trump's rally. I can't even actually repeat one of the statements that he has that many of his followers have purchased, and it's about two women. It's so vulgar, and it's so horrific. In fact, 
this uh, this kind of thing, this kind of attitude about women, the sexist attitude, uh, bringing it down to, uh, I, I would love to actually be able to say the statement, but I actually can't bear it. So just Google it. Um, Google what uh, those T-shirts are saying about uh, Hillary Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Some people think that they're funny, but I actually think that anybody, uh, in particular men who feel that they're funny, are threatened by a woman's power. Weak men are intimidated by women, though they would never admit it, and thus they need to demean, control, and try to keep women down so they can feel strong in comparison. Weak men do not have a sense of internal control, so they have to control things and people externally. And I think we see this in relationships. If you've ever been in an abusive relationship, you know what I'm talking about. I had a couple in my practice, or actually the woman in my practice last week, last week, she had broken up with the a new boyfriend. He was a multimillionaire. Didn't matter. The money didn't matter. Because this kind of attitude divides couples. She was disgusted because he said a woman could never be president. Anybody can be president. So uh, that's my little initial rant on that. But uh, the slogans on those T-shirts are so vulgar, and they also refer to the B word as well. And when a man calls a woman a B word, it's a sign of hatred. It's evil. Uh, if you've it, it, to understand what happened, uh, what happens in love. If you've never watched Monica Lewinsky's TED Talk, you should. You see, she explains it. She explains that at 22, she fell in love with her boss. He just happened to be the president of the United States of America. That has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton's uh, run for presidency, nor should Donald Trump be bringing that in either. Yes, women stay with men who cheat on them. In fact, it's the new shame. You see, sexual attraction is involuntary, but marriage is about so much more. So to that end, it's be careful with your words. Be careful how you treat others. Be careful how you treat women. Be careful how you treat men, if you're a woman, or be careful how you just treat other people because your children are watching and your children are learning. And as you grow and you get older, you're going to realize that the evil or the bigotry or the, the meanness or the hatred that you delivered as a younger person, uh, you may grow out of that. You may soften as time goes on. You know, brains do soften, but it's just such a tragic world that we're living in on so many levels uh, today. So to that end, we're going to maybe lighten the subject up, lighten the program up a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about attraction. And uh, I have a story for you about a patient in my office this week. So when I come back, she envisioned him looking one way. And he looked like something else. But did that, did that change her sexual attraction? Not necessarily. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. How are you tonight on this Father's Day? Uh, happy Father's Day to everybody. Something else I wanted to bring your attention to, if you listen to my little rant. You know, the world is changing and the world is tough. Um, but a colleague and friend of mine did a, an amazing TEDx talk, TEDx Stanley Park talk on May 28th on racism and how we unfairly judge people based upon physical appearance and other attributes. It's an eloquent talk given by the executive associate dean 
of Clinical Partnerships and Professionalisms, Dr. Gurdeep Parhar. You can find it on YouTube under Dr. Gurdeep, G-U-R-D-E-E-P, Parhar, P-A-R-H-A-R, TEDx Stanley Park 2016. Believe me, it is worth your time. It is well worth your time. And uh, his delivery is impeccable. You will laugh. You will cry. You'll love just a little bit better. And you may even be able to relate to it because you'd be surprised at what racism relates to. Um, So anyway, have a view of that. It's excellent. Already in about 72 hours, it's had like 25,000 views. So um, it's, uh, I would never recommend anything for you that wasn't outstanding now, would I? All right. So have a look at that. TEDx Stanley Park, Dr. Gurdeep Parhar. And uh, uh let me know. Let me know what you thought of it. Sex Talk at cknw.com. Or if you want to call me, 604 280 9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Do you have a, a romance story about you and the father of your children or uh, perhaps a, a historical one about your how your parents met? Call me. Tell me that story. Share that story and I'll enter you into my draw which uh, we started last week when Captain Scotty was here from the Jeff O'Neill show. He mentioned that a thousand times. So um, people were thinking they were listening to the Jeff O'Neill show on a Sunday night, but they weren't. Uh, so uh, he's going to come back early July, and we're going to give away this, this prize package, and the prize package will grow. But at the moment, it has one of the most fabulous uh, health aids. It's a couple's vibrator. Uh, and I'm going to be adding to it. But I also have a package, uh, a package for men, a little happy package for you that um, I got. I'll let you know what that is a little bit later on in the program. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about social media. Social media has changed the world so much. It's amazing, and it's really changed how we date and how we, we meet people and, and sexually transmitted infections. It uh, It has changed that because when you actually – uh, report a communicable disease in term in the form of a sexually transmitted infection. The Centers for Disease Control and other healthcare professionals contact the people that you've perhaps had uh, intimate relationships with. But in the age of social media and dating apps and privacy and Facebook and privacy law, some of those uh, people are not able to be contacted. Or like with Tinder you know, that person may not be located within two kilometers of where you are any longer. So are we going to see an increase in the spread of sexually transmitted infections? I had a patient in my office recently who was communicating with a man online. She had actually never met him, um, but there was a lot of chatter back and forth. Did you know that the more two people communicate online, the more likely an in-person encounter will occur? So they were chatting back and forth and, uh, we, she and I laughed uh, because she asked him a very common question that a lot of women ask men, and that was she asked him how tall he was. And uh, so 80% of men are like under 5'10 in Vancouver. So so very few are, you know, six feet tall. And uh, so get over that. You know, don't make that a priority. You really have to make it uh, someone that you're attracted to versus height. So she asked him how tall he was, and he said uh, uh, he was six feet tall. So she found him to be very funny, she said, uh, via text. At, tums- at, su- at some times, or at times, he was a bit inappropriate. 
But, you know, she excused that for reasons she couldn't explain. She just was attracted to his sense of humor. In fact, she said his humor or his sense of humor trumped his bad boy behavior, which she got a feeling that he had. And a lot of women are attracted to that bad boy behavior. But as you know, the brain is the largest sex organ. And she pictured this guy to be tall, broad, low energy, kind of sulky, bad boy, kind of methodical. And and she said in his photos, he almost looked depressed. But that didn't really match all the sort of funny and lively texts that he had um, sent her. So there was an opportunity. She was a little unclear about this, but she did speak to him on the phone briefly. And she felt that he sounded so different. What from what she had imagined in her mind, from what she had imagined him to speak like and, and to talk like. And she, she said he sounded really nice, which she hadn't expected. She said he sounded really gentle and really nice. So she's conjuring up this guy in her head. And, uh, and in fact, she said he, he fibbed again. She didn't realize that he was or, or communicating untruths, shall I say, again on this brief encounter. And then she saw him on the street one day. She said she stared at him and studied his face. He had a prominent nose. And she realized this is the man that she had been communicating online with. Not only was he not six feet tall, he was not broad-shouldered and, and big like she had imagined him. In fact, she described him as slight of frame, almost you know, as more of a female frame, that, that uh, thin and probably about five foot eight or nine. He was energetic, chatting away on the phone and walking fast. Surprised her herself to see this person, she actually continued to be very attracted to him because she was she felt it was that funny, even though physically he was not what she had imagined or what he had hoped, she thought she relied upon his funny sense of humor and his gentle personality. Attraction is involuntary. It's not necessarily based exclusively on physical appearance or what we, which is what we give so much weight to. And it's not necessarily, uh, that it just shows you, or I said to this patient, this demonstrates just how strong your brain is in terms of sexual desire and sexual attraction. And you really need to incorporate your brain into sexual desire, especially if you have low sexual desire. I had another patient who was very high anxiety herself, and she had never experienced orgasm. And she needed to actually just calm down and be very mindful and spend some time with herself, spend some time on self-exploration, and which she did. And she, she said she was amazed at the connection between the brain and the vagina. So never underestimate the power of your mind and the power of your brain, especially as it relates to sexual desire, sexual attraction, and the desire to want somebody perhaps in your life or to increase your sexual pleasure. Anyway, I just thought it was important to bring back the brain in terms of your sex life and never underestimate its value. When I come back, we're going to be talking about why it's a great idea to get strong. That'll improve things in the bedroom. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.
KNW Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980. <laughs> I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm hosting this little sex show. How are you tonight? Uh, if you have any questions for me, you can email me, sextalk at cknw.com, although you probably won't now that you know that I'm tabulating them all and putting them into a book. Um, but that's okay. I'm, it's all anonymous. I'm not going to tell anybody who sent me what. So uh, it's just great material. I love all the material you send in. Um, hope you're having a great evening out there. You can call me, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I was thinking of a little story. I don't know if, you, if you've just joined me. Fantastic. If you uh, were listening to the first half hour of the show, I told a story about how a, um, a gentleman had lied about his or spoken an untruth about his height and uh, and a few other things. And it reminded me of my own father, whose name is Hubert, and he hated his name. And when he met my mother, he introduced himself as James. And uh, so she thought his name was James for a long time. She still married him. But uh, so are there, have you uh, uh, shown a different side of yourself than uh, the one you would have liked? Did you not have confidence enough to actually say who you were when you met somebody online in particular? Because we, online, we can be anybody we want. Uh, if you have done that, give me a call. Tell me the story. Or has somebody else done that? Have they described themselves as being a, a bodybuilder, fantastic, in great shape, great job, and then you meet them and they are none of what they describe, male or female, happens to both, or everybody in between as well. So share the story with me. I'd love to hear from you, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, and I'll enter you into my draw, uh, which is a... a very expensive at the moment, sex toy, but I'm actually, it's a couple's vibe, but I'm actually going to add to that package as well. So um, it's not just the sex toy, it's other things also. You know, you have to stay in great shape in order to be a um, great lover, (laughs) I believe, anyway. But who am I? I'm just a sexpert for the radio show. What do you think? I think this is really important. Um, so I think being strong, um, strong of heart, strong of mind, strong of body. I think all that is important. I'm going to talk about that in one second, but I'm going to first speak to Peter, who is on the line. Hello, Peter. I would like to, uh... Hello, Peter. Hello? Hello. You there? I'm there. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you very much for sending me the book. You're very welcome. <laughs> and one more thing. Let me finish it, please. Uh, you are so pretty in the book. <laughs> That's enough, Peter. <laughs> That's going in my next book. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that uh, I thought you were a... Uh, I hope you don't mind to say <laughs> I thought you were a middle-aged woman. And, uh, you know, when I saw you, I said, she, she's very pretty. <laughs> Peter, what did you think of the book? Thank you, Peter. But uh, my intelligence far outweighs my looks. I'm uh, telling your you. Looks, your <laughs> intelligence is just super. All right. What did you think of the book? Uh, excellent. Very, really? Did you read it? Uh, yeah, I read some of it, and it's very excellent. It's very interesting. Oh, good. I'm I'm happy that you uh, like the book. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's great. Thanks so much. You know, I didn't. Somebody actually emailed me, and they said. What a slice of life. And I didn't realize that. I really didn't want anybody to read the book <laughs> in the first place because you never know. You know, you don't, 
we all lose confidence about things, but um, she said, what a slice of life. And I thought, yeah, you know, I didn't realize a lot of people want to follow me in my clinical practice. And uh, but yes, people's stories, only the truth is interesting. And people's stories are very interesting. So hopefully I conveyed them uh, in the best way possible and to give them uh, and, to honor and, them. Yeah. And one more thing is 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 that is the is the picture in the book is your recent picture or uh, it, you look so pretty. I hope you don't mind saying me saying again. Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> I actually can't even remember. But yeah. Anyway, thanks so much, Peter. Thank you. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, okay. So we're gonna go back to the body image now. And uh, so many women believe that the only way to lose weight is to do cardiovascular. Uh, or aerobic exercise. So many women jog and they do take aerobics classes five or six times a week. They're often going off to the gym. And, you know, although I firmly believe that it's what you put in your mouth in terms of diet uh, and, and nutritious foods is what's actually going to burn the fat or help the reduce fat or reduce weight, you may lose a little bit of weight or become a little bit smaller as a result of uh, as a result of um, going to aerobics classes. But you might still be a little bit flabby or have some jiggly bits. But aerobic exercise is important for good health, but it's only a part of the equation. So here to talk to me about the other half of the equation is Sean Seal. He's a personal trainer. He also does virtual training. He's helped me quite a bit. Sean, welcome to the studio. Hey, Maureen. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Oh, good. Thanks for being here in the studio. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um, what you know, lifting weights. A lot of we- that's really associated with men. Yes. A lot of women don't realize how important it is to lift weights. So, tell me why it's important to, that women lift weights as well. It's got many, many benefits. I think I would start with it's it's a great way to burn fat because as you lift weights, your body's under a lot of, you know, it's it's very demanding for your body. So as a result of this, you're going to actually be burning calories for one or two days after your weightlifting session. Yep. So that's that's a great fat burner right there. And then as you build a little bit of muscle, and I'm not talking getting bulky because women have different levels of growth hormones compared to Men compared to men. And does testosterone play a a role as well? A big role, yes. Mm -hmm. There's about eight times less testosterone, and women have about eight times less testosterone Mm -hmm. than men, which means that it's much harder for them to actually put on a lot of size. But as you do grow a a bit of muscle, you put on a little bit of muscle mass, this extra muscle mass is going to demand more calories to just sit there. That means as you've built up a bit of muscle over a few months, that's going to carry over to burning more calories every day for the rest of your life. Excellent. So it can theoretically then, uh, can women eat a little bit more if they are lifting weights at the gym? I, I've heard people say like the best toning, you know, the women who are most toned are the ones who are lifting in the gym. Yes, because it's going to, again, increase your muscle mass just a little bit and help you burn fat. Mm-hmm. So that's going to give you that tone defined look that you're looking for. Okay. If you, Genetics. I was, some people say, you know, they're pear shaped or they're apple shaped or they're, you know, all sorts of shapes. Yes. And that's sort of determined genetically, they say, you yes. know. But uh, do people have to live with their genetic uh, predisposition, especially if they're not working out? Like, in other words, can working out change a person's uh, body shape? 
You know, like if somebody says, I just have big thighs or I have a big stomach, Mm -hmm. you know, can this actually change a woman's body shape? Yeah, DNA is a part of the equation. But there's a lot of stuff you can do to to alter the way your body looks. And again, like you said, it's a genetic component to it. But you can't just blame your genetics and not do anything about your body. There's you can do a lot of work on it. And again, that's that's what it is. You have to put in the work. It takes time. You have to be patient. But yes, you can change the shape of your body. Yes, and that's gonna that's gonna improve your you know your confidence, your self esteem as well. If right. you look at yourself in the mirror, it's not. I don't think it's vain to to want to look better. I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's a great goal. Yeah, I think you feel better as well. Exactly it increases your confidence and you know your your emotional strength as well. So that's a big component. Okay, and um, how about uh, your your metabolism? Like every people will say, I have a really slow metabolism, but you see them you know chowing down subway on the streets, and I mean not the subways. I, I'm just saying, you know the bread, or they're just eating whatever they want to eat, yeah. and they blame it on their slow metabolism. But yeah. you're thinking, well, you know, you're kind of getting the lobster pie at Coast Restaurant, <laughs> <laughs> which is the best meal in town. I am convinced, and it's probably like nine thousand calories. I just advise everybody else to order it um but uh so people are eating that and then they say my metabolism is really slow yeah so what does lifting weights do for metabolism it's going to boost it like i like i was saying before as you build muscle you burn more calories Mm -hmm. so this is gonna this is essentially increasing your metabolism and and then again you're burning more calories every single day which has a big impact on the on the long term Okay. All right. I have Beverly on the line who has a question about exercise and sex drive. Hello, Beverly. Oh, hi there. Yes. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, just a two-part question. One would be about motivation. Um, I'm having sort of some challenges uh, getting and restarting motivation. I've been working out for several months with success, but uh, I just haven't been able to get back into the gym for a few weeks, and I just wanted to ask uh, your guest how, uh, what can you do about something like that? And then uh, the other part is I also found that while I've been exercising, my sex drive seems to increase quite a bit. And obviously, I mean, I guess I'm feeling it, so the answer must be true that it does increase. But I just sort of wanted more of, a, of an answer for, from someone that probably knows a little bit better, and why does that happen? Sean, do you want to take that or do you want to uh, – we'll, we'll probably just answer one question. How about that motivation? And then we'll go to break and we'll answer the sex drive question. Hi. Uh, that's a great question, by the way. That's, that's a really good one. I think a lot of people can uh, benefit from it. The, the two best things you can do is, number one, find a partner in crime. Find somebody who has similar goals and try to align with that person so that you mm-hmm. keep each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Have some some sort of a support system around you, whether it's that one person or you know maybe your your partner in life, maybe some friends around you. Create a group on Facebook where people can motivate each other. That's one. The other one is you know the gym is great, and if you enjoy it, that's probably a good enough reason to go. But there's a lot of other activities you can do outside of the gym that are gonna help you stay fit. You know, running. You can go hiking. You can do some outdoor activities. I mean, we're we're in a great place here. In, in Vancouver or the Lower Mainland to, to do so. So find something that you really enjoy doing and do more of that because it's the, it's the thing you're the most likely to, to keep doing. Excellent. Okay, well, when we come back, we're going to address that question about physical exercise and sex drive. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm hosting this show. We're talking about physical exercise and 
especially lifting weights for women and increasing tone and blood flow. And, and Beverly phoned just before the break, and she had a couple of questions, and, and one of them was in regard to motivation. Yeah, it's difficult to get back into that gym, but, you know, you always feel so much better after you get there and do it. And then the other question she had was about uh, incre- exercise and sex drive. And so many people report that their sex drive has increased after they have begun to become physically active or or lifting weights or just getting in better shape, eating better. And that has to do with feeling better about yourself. Sexual self-esteem is so important. And sex is about blood flow. And I often say that, that uh, the, the more your blood flows through your body, the more able it is to flow through your to your genitalia so you get better blood flow it and you may get better erections just from losing a bit of weight and increasing that exercise so exercise increases blood flow to your genitalia and that means also especially for women that you will have increased sexual sensation so it will feel better um, and you'll actually have more desire to have sex. I had a patient recently who lost about 20 pounds. She still wanted to lose about 12 more pounds. And in addition to some of the other suggestions I made for her, I said, you know, you got to feel good all under and buy yourself some new lingerie. And, and she said, you know, she'd never felt like she could wear lingerie before. But now since she had lost weight and toned up, uh, she said, you know, you were right about that underwear thing. And she said, I bought myself some lingerie and I feel so much better and I, I have more sexual desire. So sexual desire is, uh, it's multifaceted, it's complex, it's complicated. You know, it can change from day to day. It's circumstantial. There's so many aspects to it, but certainly exercise will increase blood flow, increase your mood, help you to sleep better, help you to feel better, and help you feel uh, more like you want to have sex. So yes, in fact, Beverly, sex she will desire will increase when you exercise. So Sean, it's always a pleasure to have you in the studio. You're a great personal trainer. You've helped me tremendously now. I can now lift up the Lionsgate Bridge with my (laughs) left arm anyway. No. (laughs) Um, but no, I'm actually lifting weights and, and it feels great and I feel so much better and, you know, I have tons of energy, more energy than I had before. I've always been fairly energetic, but, uh, so how can other people, uh, reap the benefits that I have, uh, from your services? Yeah. Thanks, Maureen. So you can find me, uh, my website is upsidestrength.com and I'm really easy to find on Twitter at Sean Seal. Feel free to, you know, tweet, tweet at me and ask me any questions that you have. I'm always happy to, to answer. And they can just Google Sean Seal, and I'm sure you'll come up. I'll and, come up. Uh, it's S-E-A-N-S-E-A-L-E. Perfect. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And what I love about your plans is that you email them to me, and, and you send me little links to uh, videos so I can actually see how the exercise is done. And uh, it's, been, it's been fantastic. So, so it's an honor to work with you. So thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Marie. All right. You're very welcome. When I come back, I'm going to be talking about... Just how boring teenagers are in their sex lives. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980. I'm Maureen McGrath hosting this show, talking all about sex. And uh, when you think of sex, you think of teenagers and that teenagers are sneaking off into the woods or heading down to the beach or lover's lane and uh, just the hormones are raging and they are just thinking about nothing else but sex. Well, apparently that is not the case with this new and latest generation of teenagers. Apparently they, they are boring and they're not doing drugs or having sex. 
it's it's amazing, really, because we really think of uh, many, many uh, parents are so fearful that their kids are going to want to have sex. And later on in the second hour of the program, I'm going to be talking about the HPV vaccine and how many parents are fearful to actually have their children have that vaccine because they're afraid their children are going to have sex earlier or sex at all. That's a big fear for parents. Well, worry no more. Apparently, they're not smoking as much. They're not drinking as much. This is considered the cautious generation, according to a spokesperson from the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy. Amongst a decline in several risky behaviors, there's a sharp decline in sexual activity, and that really stood out to the researchers. The survey found that 41% said they had ever had sex after it had been about 47% over the previous decade. It also had uh, marked declines in students who had said they had sex recently, had sex before they were 13, and students who had had sex with four or more partners. The study was done by the Center for Disease Control, and the surveys included 16,000 students at 125 schools, both public and private. And the participation was voluntary, although the survey participation did require parental permission, but the responses were anonymous. So there's so many reasons we can attribute this, but they really are not sure uh, why this is. But there has been a decline in teen pregnancies and abortion rates as well, in part due to better use of birth control and more education. But it may be, in fact, that that more education is leading to the fact that sex is no longer as much of a taboo for this current group of teenagers as it has been for other uh, groups of teenagers. So they actually are interested in what the next surveys survey shows. They do this about every two years uh, to make sure that it's not a statistical blip. But the reasons for the drop in sex in teenagers is not clear. We're actually trying to look at reasons why this could be happening. So one of the reasons might be social media. And um, the fact is these kids are getting aroused by sitting on their mother's couch and sexting or texting uh, girlfriends or boyfriends. Um, And so this is one reason that the parking at, you know, lookout point is, is no longer happening because it's just as easy. And and it seems like a lot of parents love that their kids hang out in their homes these days. So the kids aren't, they bring them all over. They, they have, they serve them alcohol. They just have them stay there. And, you know, kids are staying home and they're getting addicted to their smartphones. And um, they, uh, you know, are addicted also to video games or computer games. These can be addictions for kids and parents need to realize that. Uh, there's, you know, kids are using computers, uh, according to this same research study, about 42% said they played video or computer games or used a computer for something that was not schoolwork related for more than three hours per day on an average school day. Remember the days when you couldn't watch TV during a school night? Well, we're going to have to go back to, you shouldn't be on the computer. The trouble is, so many kids today are using computers in school. It was the wave of the future. It's supposed to you know, uh, improve education, but what it's done is impact intimacy. So we really want kids and teenagers to have healthy sexuality that's built around self-respect and self-esteem. So 
you know, we've been talking about sex and educating, going into the schools at very young ages. Uh, but maybe this isn't necessarily the best thing, or, or it could be, but I think it's a very complex issue, and I definitely think social media is involved. And culturally, we may have shifted away from sex being so taboo. So adolescents um, no longer feel that need to reach out for that, uh, probably combined with something like they are addicted to their smartphones. So keep an eye on your kids. The fact that they're not going out may not be the best things. This is a way kids grow up. I see a lot of patients that have intimacy issues, and so I hope that this next generation is not going to be wrought with intimacy issues because that, that can be... Uh, big problems in relationships. Anyway, when I come back, we're going to talk about a lot more about uh, some of the issues that are facing teens today and facing decisions parents have to make and, and what social media impact has on our sex lives. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.